Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have another great episode coming your way. We'll catch up with Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd, a guy who is expected to be a leader of that defense, will probably be named captain during the offseason leading up to the 2020 season, whenever that is, and we'll obviously get to that uh, as well coming up. And then also Mark Harlan, added some more details to some of the processes that he's going through right now in order to get ready for the season. So I have a lot coming up. First, we'll start with Mark Harlan. He talked to KSL's Unrivaled on KSL News Radio, and a couple of things stood out from that interview. One was that they are still doing everything they can to start the season on time and to have fans in the stands. He still believes, though, that it's going to be modified in some way, shape, or form. Now, whether that means are fans going to be allowed at all, or are they going to allow a limited number, what are they going to do? There's a lot of options out there. And they're looking at everything right now, and they're waiting, and they're kind of looking at the data from the state of Utah, which the coronavirus numbers are actually very good compared to other parts of the country. But another thing, too, because we were hearing so many rumors about And there's been a lot of discussion from the uh, Pac-12 schools in their meetings is that do they move to just a conference-only schedule? Do they start the season maybe in October and then play 9, 10 games in conference? Clay Helton said an 11-game schedule where you play everybody in your conference. If that were the case and Utah just played their Pac-12 opponents, then there would be no BYU-Utah game this year. Now, that was asked by KSL's Unrivaled to Mark Harlan, and he said that he hopes that Utah can still play BYU and play it on time, which is scheduled to be Thursday, September 3rd at Rice-Eccles Stadium, but that he's also been talking to Tom Homo quite a bit. 
and that that's something that he's been doing is staying in touch with the BYU AD, and they're both hopeful that this game could be played. It still is up in the air, and it might not be entirely up to Mark Harlan, because if the Pac-12 comes out and says you guys are just playing a conference schedule, they have to live by that. They have to cancel or do something with those contracts with their non-conference, which is Wyoming and BYU. So something would have to change with that. And there's openings on Utah's schedule in the future. So it's not like it's, you know, a huge headache. It would frankly suck for the state of Utah because that's a game that fans around the entire state of Utah look forward to every year is Utah and BYU. I know that Utah fans are not as big of fans of it because Utah's won nine straight against BYU. And But if you look at it this way, And again, I'm looking at this from a a media perspective. If you look at BYU's roster build compared to Utah's right now, where Utah lost so much talent, they lost nine starters on defense and three key starters on offense. They have over 50 freshmen coming into the program. BYU has a lot of veterans on their team. If there was to be a year where BYU would win against Utah, finally snap that streak, it would be this year. Just saying. Doesn't mean it'll happen. I believe it's BYU's best chance to beat Utah is this year. So there's some stuff about that over at kslsports.com. And then the uh, Booth Gotch sweepstakes, Jeff Goodman from Stadium tweeted out the original list of teams that have reached out to Booth Gotch since he entered the transfer portal on Tuesday is that the teams include Minnesota, Arkansas, Nevada, BYU, Utah State, Auburn, Maryland, Vanderbilt, Creighton, Illinois, Georgetown, Oregon, and New Mexico. So a couple of teams stand out from there. BYU and Utah State. Those would be great fits for him. And also Oregon. You know, him staying in the Pac-12. And by the way, it sounds like the one-time transfer rule is going to be off the table until the 2021-22 academic year. They were supposed to vote on it and decided, I, from what I've seen, to table it to 2021-22 academic year. So there's that. Now, a couple of other news and notes, just some little quick things here. Pro Football Focus put out their way-too-early top 25 power rankings for college football, and they have Utah listed at number 15 in the entire country. The second-highest-ranked team in the Pac-12, Oregon, comes in at number 12. And then the other Pac-12 schools on this list include USC at 24 and Washington at number 18. So four Pac-12 schools on this way-too-early top 25 list. The top five is Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. So there's that. And then CBS Sports put out their ranking of the top 25 coaches that are in Power 5 conferences. And obviously coming in at number one is Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney at number two, Lincoln Riley at three, Ed Orgeron four, Brian Kelly five. But the first Pac-12 coach to appear on this list is Kyle Whittingham. Comes in at number 11 behind Ryan Day of Ohio State. And as far as other coaches in the conference, David Shaw comes in at number 19 and Mario Cristobal of Oregon comes in at number 24. So Kyle Whittingham getting the recognition that he absolutely deserves, especially after being named the Pac-12 Coach of the Year after the 2019 season. Time to catch up with another Ute who was supposed to have a big impact on that defense coming up in 2020. Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd joining me here on the Crimson Corner Podcast. Devin, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. How you doing? 
Doing pretty good. So you guys were able to get three spring practices in. I know I haven't talked to other coaches in the, in the Pac-12 on their webinar. That was about as much as you could probably get with a, a what's going on. How were those those first three practices? Um, they were very productive. You know, I mean, obviously time is limited with what we had, but I think we got a lot of good work in with those three practices. And, you know, we did what we had to do during those three days. So what have you been doing during this uh, quarantine? You know, obviously you're not able to do too much, but uh, have you just been spending time with family working out and things like that? Yeah, so just been a, a lot of working out. You know, I've been working out a lot. Um, just waking up 5.30, 7.30, I workouts. Then we'll normally have meetings and then field work after that. And then just some sort of either film or recovery. So just mainly just staying on that routine pretty much every day. You know, going into the last season, you were in kind of a different spot because as we were entering fall camp, you were going to get time, spending time with, with uh, Francis and uh, Manny Bowen. And then as we get into fall camp, first day, he's gone. And then you're obviously slipped right in there. How do you feel like that season went? It, it seemed like the chips kind of fell your way. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just wanted to just work as hard as I could. And I knew that whenever my time came, uh, I was going to take advantage of it. So that was my mentality all through spring, all through fall camp. I wasn't even worried about the rotation or anything like that because at the end of the day, I knew I was going to, like you said, I was going to get time. And so I, I wanted to take advantage of the reps that I did have. And like you said, um, things just started to fall into place. And all of a sudden, I was there in that spot. And uh, But the mentality didn't change. I was still ready to go out uh, and take advantage of every rep that I uh, that I got. And that's what I did. And then now nine guys that uh, started alongside you are gone from that defense. Are you now being looked at as the leader of that defense? Because it seems that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can say that. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm just taking pride in, first of all, being a leader of the team. So um, taking, I mean, do make sure I'm doing everything right. Uh, making sure I'm doing all of the things and setting the example for all the young guys. Um, so I'm, t I'm taking pride in, just setting the example for all the younger guys. And then uh, from my play, obviously, my game is going to elevate. I'm going to take – I'm taking advantage of pretty much every day to try to improve my game. So I want to lead by example and by my play. So hopefully uh, all that combined will be a, a good leader for the team. How much did it help playing alongside Francis? Uh, so much, tremendously. He showed me so much when it comes to just, first of all, understanding how to watch film. Like he understand, he he taught me a lot about breaking down film, breaking down your opponent, stuff like that. And he's also like a very crafty like linebacker. So he taught me taught me a lot of little moves that I can uh, take to my game, and uh, you know just a lot of little little things here and there. So playing alongside him was was great. You didn't play backer until you came to college, playing from a safety to linebacker. What do you like most from not playing safety and then moving over to linebacker? What have you liked about that move? Um, just the impact you can have on the game in terms of like play by play, like pretty much every time, every play, the uh, a linebacker can be around the ball in some way, making an impact on the play in some way. Uh, free safety, a lot of times you're in a deep post and you can make plays on, you know, like long balls and everything, you know, in the air, but you're not really playing the run game, which I also think, you know, playing in the run game is fits more of my strength, uh, just with my size and speed and length. I think uh, I, I can play the run pretty pretty well. Obviously, got room to improve, but uh, I think that fits more in terms of my skill set, and I think it's more fun. What was it like playing under Coach Swan in his first year on Utah staff? Um, he's 
just he he's constantly on you and this isn't just me this is all the linebackers for uh just first of all taking pride in what you do and doing everything right so he coaches all the way down to little details and he doesn't let things slide that you know could add up to something bigger that most coaches uh in other programs not here but most coaches might let slide you know so I think he's always on you about the little things and that adds up to you being uh, just so much better as a player. And then uh, the minute details, uh, just breaking down film. So uh, the way he explains everything, it, it just uh, makes everything a lot more smooth. So I think he's been a great coach and a great addition to the style. Kyle mentioned you guys have something like 50-something new guys coming in into the program, and a lot of them are those young young guys. Uh, have, you, have you been taking them under your wing as you guys have gone through winter workouts and then obviously going into spring ball at least as long as you've had it yeah yeah of course so we got a lot of young guys who are hungry talented and I'm just ready to I'm excited to play with them so uh ever since day one when they came in we we've kind of like you said taking them under our wing just first of all showing them the Utah way of doing things so we we have a specific way of how we do things and uh we do everything the right way and we're not going to let anything slide so uh, we were we did our best to show these guys that standard and you know we're holding them to that standard and so obviously we have more young guys coming in but uh our, our goal is to show them how to do it the right way and you know those guys all of them all, all the young guys bought in and you know they continue to buy in every day and see how we do it just do things in general and so um I'm excited I'm excited we've got a great group of young guys you guys obviously didn't have much uh, spring ball this year. What do you miss most right now? I mean, you know, it's May. Normally, you guys would not be meet up here practicing. Your guys' spring spring training camp would be done. Not having that, what do you miss most right now? Um, just being around the guys, honestly. So just that whole spring that, you know, like you said, we didn't have all the spring ball. Like, those are just memories that really last a lifetime. You know, spring game family comes out and you know I mean it's just a, it's just a lot of memories you know in the locker room and stuff like that just being around the guys and then also um the the reps you know especially like you said we have a lot of youth so you know those reps are really valuable too that we missed out on um and I think it's ultimately something we have to make up but I think that would have definitely helped us if we were able to get those reps in season Seven guys that you played with had their name called on draft day, and then five more guys signed contracts with teams. What was it like seeing that? Yeah, that was just a great feeling. I was, you know, watching the whole draft, man, just waiting to hear all these guys' names get called, and it was just exciting just knowing that, you know, when, when you work with these guys and, you know, and you, all the blood, sweat, and tears you guys just – create together and then you see them finally all that hard work gets paid off it's it's just a great feeling so you know just seeing the success that they've had and seeing where they're at now and knowing where they're going to be you know two three years from now still in the league what team did you grow up rooting for as far as pro team um I'm not gonna lie I didn't even start watching football until I was like in seventh grade right and by then I was I was living with my dad by then, who uh, is an avid Cowboys fan, ah. um, and he's like diehard. <laughs> so you know, I had no choice but to fall into that. And you know, I support them, 
But I also support the Chargers, too, just because I'm from San Diego, even though they left us. But it's all good. You know, I still support the Chargers. You know. well, with Francis and Bradley on that team. Yeah, exactly. Too, that one, you know. <laughs> Someone that uh, has really been, been talked about as a really great story is uh, Terrell Burgess. As a guy who, you know, played alongside of him, you know, it was his one year of being a regular starter on that defense. And then to see him shoot all the way up to the uh, third round and he's in L.A., I mean, just talk about what it, what it was like seeing Terrell. You've probably seen the video of him when he got the call from the Rams. Yeah, just talk was, about what it was like seeing him getting picked by the Rams and going all the way in the, in the third round. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself an emotional guy or anything, but when I saw that video, he almost made me tear up. Like, bro, I was just, <laughs> just so excited, like, for him and just seeing, like, how far he's came. So he's from San Diego, too. So, you know, we have that extra connection. And it's just like, just seeing him and you know his journey because everyone's journey is different you know mine is completely different from his and his is completely different from the next and so I, I say that his was a little bit more stressful than others just obviously because he hasn't really had any uh legitimate like starting uh time or anything until his senior year and so I just know that he's somebody who loves the game and is passionate about the game and wants to get better really just seeing him take advantage of his opportunity and <laughs> to get it to for that to get paid off you know it, it was a great feeling you know I'm so excited for him and I know he's gonna do great things I know there's a lot of rumors swirling about whether or not the college football season is gonna be played I'm not gonna ask you about that because I mean nobody knows at this point but say that the you know season starts on time and all that what are your goals for this 2020 season uh I want to get back to the Pac-12 championship and we got to finish it this time too those are my biggest thing, I want to I want to get to the Pac-12 championship and I want to win a Rose Bowl. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't think, I, think that we could. You know, uh, we, we have great coaches. we got great players. Yeah, we're young, but we're, we're talented and we're hungry. And I know that we can accomplish anything that we want to accomplish, you know. So everything, at the end of the day, you have to control what you can control. And if we do that, I think that we have what it takes. So I, that's what I want to accomplish. This season. I don't want to pour salt in the wound, but what happened against Oregon? Um, a lot happened, but more than anything, when it came down to it, I just feel like there were, we didn't come out with that spark that day that we needed because whenever you're playing a team uh, as, as talented as you are, you know what I'm saying, in a big-time game, it, it really comes down to – person to person individually and then collectively as a whole who wants it more you know you gotta you gotta play as hard as you can and you gotta play like you want it more than anything and so I just don't think that spark was there that day and you know they got the best of us great team though do you great team. do you have dreams at night of Scally screaming at, at all of you guys <laughs> no I don't really have dreams of that I mean, <laughs> <laughs> anything that would be a nightmare but um <laughs> I, think, I think that you really just got to look at you got to take away the positives obviously obviously reflect on the negatives you know reflect on what you got to do better and always when you're watching film critique the negatives but at the same time you can't always you know weigh on that and you got to reflect on the positives too I mean you look at it we won 11 games you know we went to a, a really good bowl game like we we were successful we just didn't finish it. And, you know, it's, it obviously leaves a, a nasty taste in your mouth. But at the same time, it gives you hope because you know that 
you you could easily not easily but you can get back in a situ in that situation and you can you know finish the job so I think we got the guys and you know it's just like I said day to day well Devin it, it's always good to catch up with you stay safe and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you up on campus I, I really do appreciate you joining me of course thank you and likewise likewise stay safe there you go. That is Devin Lloyd. A great conversation with him. I really enjoyed that. You can tell that he's ready to take on the leadership role at Utah and to take all these young freshmen under his wing, especially on that defense, because that's where Utah loaded back up. I think he's just going to thrive, and I think he's going to have a special season in 2020. And I think when it's all said and done after his career at Utah, he will be an NFL linebacker. He's shown the ability, and he's definitely picked up on being a linebacker compared to being a safety from when he was in high school. All right, that will do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Make sure you guys head over to kslsports.com for all of the latest news regarding Utah athletics. And also follow us on Twitter at KSL Sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I am at Trevor A. Sports. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Crimson Corner Podcast. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.